Shalom, dearest brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to this week's episode of Midweek the Saints. Welcome back. I hope you had a truly blessed time celebrating the passion, death and resurrection of our Lord during Holy Week. And I hope you had a truly good and spirit-filled Divine Mercy Sunday. Easter greetings to all of you. Our Lord is risen. Let us sing hallelujah because we are an Easter people. My brothers and sisters in Christ, today we're going to take a look at the four things that you would want to know about St. Gertrude the Great. St. Gertrude the Great. The first fact or the first thing that I believe all of you and I should know is that she was a child oblate. She was probably a child oblate. The reason I say probably is because not much is known about her early childhood and her parentage. But historians, many historians and theologians believe that she may have been a child oblate to the church. So what is a child oblate? A child oblate is basically something like Hannah who offered uh, Samuel to the temple. So Hannah offered Samuel to the temple when he was a child. In a similar way, historians believe that the parents of St. Gertrude the Great offered her to the church as a child oblate. So that's the first thing that I would like all of you to know. And this historian's hole happened when she was merely five years old. She was just five when this happened, my brothers and sisters in Christ. As she was offered as an oblate to the church, she also entered the monastery school in a, the region where she was living in. And all of this happened when she was only five years old. So imagine being offered to the church when you were five and entering a monastery school at the age of five years old. And of course, this ultimately led to her discernment of joining the religious order herself. So that's a quick fun fact there, friends, for all of you who are tuning in right now to know about St. Gertrude the Great, that she was a child oblate, just like Samuel in the Old Testament. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, what is the second fun fact, or the second thing that you and I should know about St. Gertrude the Great? The second interesting thing is that she was a brilliant girl. She was so smart. She was incredibly talented. She was an all-rounder. I say she is all-rounder because she developed various skills, including philosophical skills, literature skills, and she was also into singing and painting. And she allowed this to take the front stage in her life for a certain time and season of her life. And she admitted in her own autobiography that giving this the first place in her life, giving this arts these uh, hobbies, these interests, these obsessions first place in her life, she ultimately felt lonely, depressed, and anxious. And St. Gertrude the Great put it wonderfully. She said this in her autobiography. She called her intellectual pursuits a tower of vanity and curiosity. At that moment, she made a decision. She made a firm decision in her life to turn back to Jesus to run to God. In fact, this decision to turn back to Jesus and run to God came upon a mystical encounter with Jesus. After a mystical encounter with Jesus, she fell in love with Jesus again. She found her first love again. She started studying scripture and studying a lot of theological works. She's one of those brilliant minds. She was living in the 13th century, by the way. The same century, at the same time, where many great saints lived. St. Thomas Aquinas, Francis of Assisi, St. Dominic. 
So my brothers and sisters in Christ, that is the second thing that you and I should know. She was brilliant. She was all-rounded. She was good at so many things. She had many talents and she was brilliant in her mind. But she ultimately, upon a mystical encounter with Jesus, decided not to put those away, but to put those in second place. To put those in second place. You know, C.S. Lewis says, put first things first and second things second, and you get both thrown in. You get both, the best of both worlds. But if you put first things second and second things first, you ultimately lose both. I'm paraphrasing here, but I will put the actual quote down here later. My brothers and sisters in Christ, what is number three? What is the third thing that I believe you and I should know about St. Gertrude the Great? It is that she was a mystic. She could see visions of Christ. She could see heavenly visions. She was so intimate with Jesus upon the mystical encounter, the first mystical encounter that she had even more mystical encounters after that. And one of which ultimately led to, want to guess, that devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. She spoke a lot about it. She wrote a lot about it. And the Sacred Heart of Jesus, I believe, is something close to most of our hearts, those who are watching. And if it's not close to your heart yet, I encourage all of you to check it out. In fact, we have illustrations here from City on a Hill. Uh, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Chaste Heart of St. Joseph, and the Sacred Heart of Jesus right here. I encourage you to go check out City on a Hill. So I'm, I'm going to use this time as well to just encourage all of you to check out City on a Hill, not only for this print, but any other prints that uh, are available there. Any other Catholic merchandise that's available there. There are mugs, there are stickers, there's t-shirts. Go check it out. City on a Hill is the one who designed this wonderful illustration of St. Gertrude the Great as well, with St. Gertrude the Great, with the Sacred Heart right there. She's the one who designed Amanda Lee from City on a Hill. So huge shout out to Amanda Lee from City on a Hill. Go check out her website. The link is in the bio, in the description box. And once you're there, and if you're buying anything, at the checkout point, I ask that you insert this code, MWTS5, and you'll get a 5% discount. And also, click the link that is provided in the description box or in my bio, so that she knows that I sent you there. <laughs> so brothers and sisters in Christ, Back to the topic at hand, Singer to the Great. She was a mystic. So one of the mystical experiences that I would like to share with you of the life that was found in the life of Singer to the Great and in her writings, her testimonies was this visions that she had of Saint John, the beloved apostle, on the night of the Last Supper. You know, I find it quite amusing that Saint John in his own gospel text he calls himself the beloved disciple. It's so amusing indeed. And he, and he never uh, names himself in his own gospel. He just calls himself the disciple. The disciple that Jesus loved, the beloved disciple. And the most recent text of him outrunning Peter and reaching the tomb first. Yeah, That was such an important fact to put in the gospel. St. <laughs> John, the beloved apostle, outran Peter, the one who had the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> so my brothers and sisters in Christ, Coming back to the visions, St. Gertrude had visions of St. John, the beloved apostle, at the Last Supper, resting his head on the chest of Jesus. Resting on his head on the chest of Jesus, listening to the heartbeat of Jesus. That is a sign of intimacy. That is the heights of intimacy when you are listening to the heartbeat of your lover as the beloved. She herself went forth and laid her head on the breast of Christ. And she heard the most sacred heart of Jesus beating. 
And she went forth and she asked St. John, the beloved apostle, why didn't you include this in your gospel text, in your writings? I mean, St. Guthrie probably is thinking at the back of head. He included the fact that he outran St. Peter at the to reach the tomb first. That wasn't important. This was more important. Listening to the heartbeat of Jesus, but St. John replied her this and she, he said that he answered saying in this detail, that this fact or this experience had to be reserved for a certain time and season to come. A time and season in the course of human history where it would be more needed and more necessary. When the world would succumb to a cold heart, the world will grow cold. And when this devotion at this point of time, when this reality and this fact that St. John listened to the heartbeat of Jesus at the Last Supper, becomes known the intimacy that we could have with the sacred heart of Jesus that our heartbeats can be in sync with his heartbeat that will rekindle the love of God in our lives that will rekindle the love for God in our lives and brothers and sisters of Christ St. John said that this was reserved for a time to come when this devotion will be good, true and necessary and it was in the time of St. Gertrude the Great that the time came the 13th century and she started to spread devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus and this rekindled the hearts of many believers many unbelievers as well as they came into contact with the love of Jesus Christ as they could feel they could sense they could hear the heart of Christ beating for their salvation beating to be reunited to them and brothers and sisters in Christ I believe that the time to be devoted to the sacred heart of Jesus not just a way of running through the motions, but to be devoted to the sacred heart of Jesus as a form of intimacy, to run to the heart of Christ, to run to Christ and to lay our heads on His chest, just as St. John the Beloved Apostle did, St. Gertrude the Great did. We lay our heads on His chest, His breast, and we listen to His heart beat, beating for you and for me. Because guys, now is the time. Now it is even more important and crucial that we run to the sacred heart of Jesus in midst of this global pandemic many people are desperate are in despair are in darkness and depressed let us run to the heart of jesus and let us encourage others to draw close to jesus in intimacy as well so brothers and sisters in christ let us get intimate with jesus just as saint john the beloved apostle was and saint gertrude was and the fourth lastly the fourth thing that I would like all of us to know is this. Something very interesting as well. St. Gertrude the Great composed a prayer that was so powerful that it could release a thousand souls from purgatory. So apart from her devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, she had this devotion to the holy souls in purgatory. And she often wrote about them. She, she was a great writer as well. She wrote many books. She wrote a couple of books which are famous today. And uh, she always mentioned in her writings that we need to pray for them. In her preaching as well, she would mention we need to pray for these people, especially in the month of November. I know we are far away from the month of November, but I think in this time and season, we still need to pray for people who are in purgatory, the holy souls in purgatory. And this is a prayer which Jesus promised would release a thousand souls in purgatory and which St. Gertrude the Great composed. And I read, and I pray, Join me in praying this right now. Eternal Father, I offer thee the most precious blood of thy divine Son, Jesus, in union with the masses said throughout the whole world today. 
for all the holy souls in purgatory, for sinners everywhere, for sinners in the universal church, and those in my own home and within my family. Amen. We are praying for the holy souls in purgatory. We are praying for sinners everywhere, the sinners in the universal church, in our own homes and our own families. It's interesting, friends, that St. Gertrude the Great had this firm grip on what we should pray for, on who we should pray for. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, these are the four fun facts, the four things that you and I should know about St. Gertrude the Great, that she was a child oblate, that she was brilliant, she was a mystic, and last but not least, she wrote this powerful prayer. Just imagine, my brothers and sisters, just now as we pray this prayer together from the bottom of our hearts, a thousand souls in purgatory were released into heaven. Imagine we do this for 50 days straight. For example, I started doing this on Easter Sunday and I'll end doing it on Pentecost. I pray this prayer 50 times. 50,000 souls will be released into heaven, my brothers and sisters in Christ. 50,000 souls. That's almost an entire stadium. That is the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the responsibility that Holy Mother Church places on us to pray for our brothers and sisters who have gone before us and who are currently, quote-unquote, stuck in purgatory. So let's pray for the holy souls in purgatory. So brothers and sisters in Christ, from the four fun things that we learn about St. Gertrude the Great today, I encourage all of us to draw close to Jesus, to, to develop a great devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus and also a devotion to the holy souls in purgatory. On that note, let us end with a prayer. Dearest Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the gift of St. Gertrude the Great. We thank you, Lord, for raising her up, Lord, to great levels of sanctity, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that she is the only female saint with the title Great, Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever the reasoning seems behind it, Lord, ultimately, Lord God, you have raised her, Lord, to great levels of sanctity, Lord. I thank you for the gift of St. Gertrude, Lord, for the gift of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and counsel that you bestowed upon her, Lord Jesus Christ. Enable her, Lord, to write wonderfully, Lord, in her autobiography, in her various writings, Lord. It's still I ask, Lord. In part, I ask right now, Lord God, the gifts of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and counsel, Lord. The gifts that apply to the intellect, Lord, to each one of us who are listening right now, Lord. I ask for a fresh re anointing, Lord. We already received these gifts if we were baptized and confirmed. But right now, Lord, I ask to develop these gifts in our lives, Lord. Stir the flame, Lord, in our hearts, Lord, to grow, Lord, in these areas, Lord. Just as St. Gertrude was a wonderful theologian. And St. Gertrude, pray and intercede for us to become intimate with Jesus, to be open to seeing Jesus in our daily lives, in our prayer time, to listen to His voice, to draw close to Him, to lay our heads on His breast and to hear His heart beating for the salvation of souls. Gertrude the Great, pray and intercede for us. Put a burden in our hearts through your intercessions to pray for the holy souls in purgatory and to pray for the hardened sinners on the face of this earth, to pray for also the self-righteous sinners on the face of this earth. Many people have fallen into spiritual pride thinking that they are holier than thou, having the holier than thou belief. But St. Gertrude the Great, help us to pray for these sinners. Help us to be humble and help us to tap into the powerful work of Christ on the cross. 
And as we listen to the heartbeat of Jesus, let our hearts become filled with the love of Jesus, that wherever we go, we extend the love of Jesus with our neighbors. St. Gertrude the Great, help us to remember these four things that we learned about you today, so that when the time comes, we can share with others your wonderful life story. In the name of the Father, the Son, of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the last thing I would like all of you to do is just click on the like and subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Click on the flow button if you're watching on Instagram TV, on Spotify as well. I'd like to ask all of you to share this podcast with whoever you believe can benefit from this podcast. Brothers guys, one more last thing, one more last thing. I belong to the Seeds Ministry. At the gifts which I just spoke about just now in the prayer, wisdom, knowledge, understanding and counsel, we'll be doing a podcast on this, a live podcast on this on the 25th of April. I'll be hosting two of the Seeds members who will be speaking on these gifts. And I encourage all of you to tune in. So just block off your dates on the April 25th and next week I'll put up the poster with further details. So I encourage all of you to tune in for that podcast on April 25th as we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, in particular the gifts of the Spirit that apply to the intellect, wisdom, knowledge, understanding and counsel. Oh, one more. Last, last announcement. <laughs> There's so many last announcements. Okay, This is actually the last announcement. Next week, I will not be pre-recording an episode like I am right now, but I'll be going live on Wednesday. I'll be speaking on Move Youth's platform and I'm speaking on a famous saint, so I would like all of you to tune in for this as well. And the registration link will be available soon on my bio or in the description box below. So tune in, stay tuned. The poster will be up. The registration links will be available. I'll be speaking live next Wednesday at 8.30pm on Move Youth's platform. Because this is a collaboration between Move Youth, the Seeds Ministry and Midweek with the Saints. So, brothers and sisters, Christ, I would like to see all of you live next week. Let us engage uh, each other. Let us speak to each other. I would like to hear from all of you. So, join us live on Zoom. And you can ask me questions and I'll give you direct answers there and then as well. On the particular saint or any saint as well. So, brothers and sisters, Christ, that is all for this week. Until next week, when I see you live on Zoom, take care and God bless.